here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rat Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome back into the Nine Route, everybody. Pat and Scott here with you for your week six waiver wire and start sits. We were looking at the uh, the start sits from last week, and I took a pretty bad beating on on some of my calls last week. You actually did pretty well. We we kind of flip flop from last week. I think week four I did a little bit better. Week five you did a little bit better. So we're we're pretty much dead even in our start sits so far for the year. Uh, doing pretty well. We're doing. We're getting about we're getting about half of them right, which you know maybe doesn't sound great for two guys that are that are trying to give advice but uh you know like we said before we're not really giving you uh you know the the simple start sit answers we're not we're not trying to tell you to you know start kyler murray every week or you know anything like that we're trying to give you some guys that you know you may be deciding on in your flex and hey if we hit half of those and you know miss the other half i feel like that's a pretty solid stat line for us anyway yeah, no, I mean, we pretty much hit mine and miss your half. And yeah, that's the 50-50. <laughs> I think we'll be fine. Uh, no, yeah, it is. It's, you know, all the estimations, you can sit there and look at the matchup and you can look at how great that defense is against that position or poor, uh, you know, and, and and the weather and then where the wind's blowing from. It's, you know, it's back to the hold that any given Sunday, you just don't know. Um, you know, I was not even with our, our podcast, but I was looking and thinking, okay, well, you know, Ryan Tannehill has a really favorable matchup this week and he's probably going to be, a, you know, I went out and said he was on Twitter and said he was going to be QB one and he struggled and did not do what <laughs> I thought he was going to do. Um, but again, it is what it is like. So maybe their defense knew to not worry about trying to stop Henry and just key on the other side. Like you don't know. You're just uh you're just guessing. Yeah, there's some no brain, no brainer starts, obviously, that yeah, you're not gonna say, yeah, start Kyler Murray, start uh, you know, this guy. That's it's not anything there that we're trying to act like we know what we're talking about. It's it's some of the deeper dives. It's looking to pick these guys up off waivers that are gonna help you maybe just for a week in a stream. Uh, we are into our first bye week. Uh, so those of you that have the Falcons, Jets, Saints, or 49ers players. Uh, you might be actually scrambling a little bit just to find somebody. Kyle Pitts had his breakout game, perhaps. So maybe now you're looking to fill in a tight end spot for a week. We're going to try to help you find that player. If you maybe have that person on your roster already, that's great too. Um, and just find out who to start or sit. But, you know, we're here for you. That's what the nine route is. Yeah, we're not. Uh, said, we, the obvious stuff is obvious. If we picked, if we picked our, our start sits based off of you know, who we, who we thought was just going to be the highest scoring player of the week in each position, you know, they would all be mostly chalk starters and, you know, your Tom Brady's and your. Yeah. It's you like know, a student not- council election from like grade school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. So let's get into, uh, let's get into the waivers for this week. You know, we've been doing this now for obviously this is week six uh, waivers that we're talking about. So we, we've got five other waiver wire episodes and some of these guys we have talked about already in the past. So um, again, you know, we don't want to continue to to be this, the same point over and over again with some of these guys. So we will mention some of them quickly because we have sort of talked about, uh, you know, their, their use and their availability in the past, but there are a few guys obviously each week that, 
you know, step up or step into a new role and they become valuable to potentially valuable to your fantasy team. And we want to make sure that we, you know, put those names out there and, and give you guys an idea when you're looking on your waivers on Tuesday to uh, who you want to might want to grab to, to fill in for some of these bi-week guys that we're, you're going to be missing. So starting at the quarterback position, we had been talking about Daniel Jones for a while. Again, not going to, not going to beat him up like the, uh, the way he got beat up yesterday, but he, he obviously went down, you know, with a concussion, he was out the second half of that game. I mean, it looked pretty bad. Generally concussions don't last for, you know, more than a week as far as, you know, the time that they're out. So I, I do still think Daniel Jones is a solid pickup if he's available in your league. I wouldn't start him this week either way against the Rams, but I would still put the, put him on my bench if, if I had, you know, a spot or if I know that my quarterback was coming up on his buy at some point in the near future, um, Jones is more than capable of filling in as a bye week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously that injury could play into, uh, could play into a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, going into the, you know, looking at week five and some of the team statistics, the New York giants have the seventh best passing offense in the league. Uh, I repeat, the New York Giants have the seventh best passing offense in the league when it comes to like yards per game. They haven't scored a lot of touchdowns that way, but yeah, they can they can move the ball through the air. Uh, so again, we're just seeing something pop up too, where it uh, looks like Kenny Galladay might miss a week, but Daniel Jones has been able to carry the team in a sense where with running the football, which kind of got him in a little bit of trouble against Dallas over the weekend, and we hope he's okay. But at the same time, yeah, he's definitely stepped up uh his game as a passer a couple players that we talked about before obviously is like a sterling shepherd uh Kadarius tony is another player who we're going to talk about shortly you're seeing them you know move the ball offensively again they ran into dallas who seems like they're a legit team this week and it was a division game but yeah daniel jones you have to i think you still have to have him on your roster definitely if your quarterback's a middling quarterback right now and and or if you're streaming because He's still one of the top tour guys out there. And again, unless he misses a week or two with this injury and can't shake it, uh, but hopefully he's okay and gets back there. Get Dan Jones uh, on your roster. Yeah. Another guy who you might want to pick up now and started this first game this past week uh, is Trey Lance for the San Francisco 49ers. I know the Niners are one of the teams that you mentioned are going on a bye this week. Uh, Jimmy G looks like he probably could have played if, you know, in an emergency situation this week. So it's very possible that when they come back to action in week seven, uh, Jimmy G will be back under center. But um, Trey Lance looked really good as a runner. He uh, he didn't really throw the ball very well, but you know he was facing a tough Arizona defense who's really been good against quarterbacks fantasy point wise on the season. But Trey Lance sort of showed you what makes him a potential fantasy star, which is that running baseline. He, he ran the ball 16 times for 89 yards. And uh, if he gets to be the starter, you know, at any point moving forward and just continues to, you know, become a better passer in the NFL, you're looking at, you know, we're talking about guys like Daniel Jones, uh, you know, some of the other top quarterbacks in the league include guys like Lamar Jackson and, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts from the Eagles, like these guys who can add fantasy points with their legs. I mean, Trey Lance already has two rushing touchdowns on the year, and he hasn't. This is the first game that he's actually started. So uh, he's definitely a guy that if you can stash him now, especially if somebody drops him after a poor week, 
and obviously not being able to use him during the bye week six, you know, maybe don't use a waiver claim on him. But if he's out there in your league, you definitely want to go out and grab him and stash him and put him on your bench. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you could see that's that's the reason they drafted him. They they love his athletic ability, and they also picked him up because uh, Jimmy Garoppolo can be a very effective quarterback, especially in that offense. It's just a health issue, uh, which has obviously just held him out this week. They get a bye week. They get to lick their wounds and come back and, and see what they can do coming out of the bye. It'll be Interesting to see what dynamic they go with. Uh, again, maybe it is, yeah, Lance hitting the bench, but he's obviously going to be in play. And Jimmy G, if he's already nicked up, he might be another injury away from, you know, missing uh, a serious amount of time. He could, you know, definitely happen. Plus, if you're in a dynasty league or anything like that, you probably already had him. Keeper leagues, you know, maybe keep your eye on Trey Lance. A lot of these players, you know, their first year, you see them start to show signs preseason. Everybody falls in love with them and then they get in and struggle. But by the next season, they're the incumbent starter. They look very well groomed uh, at that position. Yeah, Trey Lance is definitely a stud. Uh, and if you have a spot on your bench, pick him up. I didn't really see any other quarterbacks that I I'm, would, you know, there's some streaming options out there, uh, obviously week to week, but I didn't see anybody that was really worth rostering. No, I, I think, you know, the one almost in a, in a converse concept that maybe a knee jerk reaction for those of you that are going to run out and get Geno Smith, because maybe you lost Russell Wilson, uh, just thinking that he's just going to fill back into that same spot in the offense. Um, yeah, just don't do it. Uh, just, <laughs> gonna, you're probably gonna have like 15 other options that you can easily go with, you know, Taylor Heineke's around, uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's got a nice matchup against Miami this week. And even Mac Jones against Dallas, where if they're behind, they'll, they'll maybe, uh, get him involved and, and their defense has given up some fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. But uh, yeah, I would stay away from Geno Smith at least for a week or two, unless it looks like, you know, unless he looks like he's cooking just like Russ did, then maybe you go get him. But uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't burn a, a waiver claim or even a roster spot right now because the Seattle offense as a whole is one of those wait and see uh, probably for a week or two. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Geno is uh, not a guy that anybody should be rushing out to, to grab he's he's a serviceable nfl quarterback but um he's not he's not anybody i'd be confident starting on a week-to-week basis on my fantasy team no sir all right so moving on to running backs we saw a few running back injuries this week and and obviously this sort of was the theme to our running back waivers last week when you know montgomery went down and this is one of those things that this is what the those zero rb truthers sort of live off of um is these <laughs> these running back injuries and they, and they are more frequent obviously at the running back position than than at other positions um that's just that's the facts and not only that they're harder it's harder to fill in for these guys you know once they're out with a wide receiver you know most teams usually have already two possibly three sometimes four good wide receiver options most teams only have you know one if they're lucky two good running back options so uh, you definitely want to pay attention to injuries, to length of injuries, and to types of injuries because um, certain injuries will sort of facilitate you maybe prioritizing a backup running back a little bit higher. So for me this week, I think my number one priority is filling in for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who, uh, if you watched the Sunday night game last night, uh, went down with uh, what looked like a knee injury. He was sort of pounding the pounding the grass. Like uh, he, he may have 
thought or felt like it was something serious. Wouldn't it, you know, there's no information on that yet as far as, you know, when we're recording this podcast. So if we do hear something, I mean, obviously you'll probably, if you're a fantasy football fan, you'll find out about it uh, way before we record again next week, but go out and grab, you know, one of the two running backs that are, that are going to be sort of taking over that role in Kansas city while he's out. I personally am on the, the side of uh, Daryl Williams. Um, he's been there uh, a few years. He's comfortable with that offense. I think Andy Reid is comfortable with him. And it looked like when, when Edwards Alaire went out, Williams seemed to be the guy who got a little bit more of the work. Now, Jarek McKinnon is a little bit better pass catcher out of the backfield, but Clyde really wasn't doing a whole lot of pass catching. And I think that Williams stepping in for the goal line work, which he had already siphoned some of that away from, from Clyde earlier in the season, plus the, you know, the first and second down, you know, non-passing down work. Uh, I, I think you see more of a, you know, 60, 40, 70, 30 split in Williams favor moving forward until Edwards Alaire gets healthy. But we were, as we were talking before the podcast, Scott, you have a little bit different opinion on that. So I do, I mean, not, you know, we're, we're not going uh, three o'clock schoolyard fight on this one, but I mean, no, it's definitely, I think Daryl Williams Luckily is obviously, what's that? I said, luckily for you. I know. Yeah. I, I would stand a chance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so out of shape. I'm in shape. So yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't even work. It wouldn't even work. Um, no, when it comes to like, uh, again, Daryl Williams, now you're, yeah, you're at that next man up and Andy likes to rotate the backs. He does get people involved even for a player too. Um, so far this year, you could look back at stats and say, well, McKinnon really hasn't been involved and, and whatnot. And that's true. Uh, I mean, he missed a, you know, missed some years there, uh, coming out from Minnesota, going to San Fran, having some tough, tough injuries, uh, that just, you know, most guys wouldn't be able to bounce back from. Um, but I do like that. He does have that extra dynamic Williams can do it a little bit as well, but, uh, McKinnon's always been known as a dual threat running back when healthy. Uh, I feel like he now being the number two, which is a 1A in an Andy Reid offense, I think he's going to get a lot more involved to that point where, yeah, I, I think you are going to see possibly a 60-40 or a hot hand 50-50. And uh, looking at that game the other night, uh, they struggled. I mean, there's no doubt that, that Kansas City has one of the most potent offenses in the league, but to see that their defense is not doing anything to help them you're putting a lot of pressure as good as they are on Mahomes, on Tyreek Hill, who will a little bang up with the knee. Now you lose your starting running back. Travis Kelsey's there. Teams know the key on him, at least, you know, pick your poison. You're going to shut one guy down. And the complimentary wide receivers of, you know, uh, your Miko Harmon, your uh, Byron Pringle's been actually kind of decent. He's somebody, you know, those are two guys you might want to look at when we talk about wide receiver waiver people. But to see uh, to see Jared McKinnon in this offense, maybe with an opportunity to shine with, with a coach like Andy, who likes to get the passing game going out of the backfield with a Pat Mahomes, who will find you if you're open. I, I kind of like him just a smidge more. Uh, I want to see what he can do with with a lot more you know, target, being on the field a lot more. Give it a week or two. I think he might end up becoming a little bit of a thing uh, as long as he stays healthy. And Daryl Williams himself has had issues in the past with hamstrings and and injury bugs. So, you know, hopefully it's not biting the team as a whole. And hopefully Edwards Hilaire gets back soon. But I would, I would personally, I would probably take McKinnon over Williams if I, if I had the option to pick one of those guys up. Yeah. I think if I was hurting at running back, I would probably put a waiver claim in for both. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, pick the guy that you believe is going to be the the more valuable fantasy asset. Put him as your first claim, and then you know the other the other one as your second claim. And you know, again, depending on where you are in waivers and you know where other teams are looking. Getting either one, I think, at least gives you an opportunity, especially if if Edwards Alaire misses a, a few weeks, you you may get to see how the the carries and and targets and stuff shake out next week, and then be able to make a little bit better educated decision come you know week seven. So yeah, definitely, uh, you know, as as much as I do believe that it's going to be Daryl Williams, that's not going to stop me from adding McKinnon in these leagues and and you know just kind of hoping that I picked right or that I got lucky and got the right one. So another backfield that uh, there was a, an injury leading to, you know, some opportunities for some new guys was Damian Harris in new England went down with an injury in that game this week. And you saw Ramondre Stevenson get a lot of the carries and sort of step right into that Damian Harris role. Um, and he looked really good in the preseason. You know, I think that once he fumbled the ball in the regular season, though, he, he seemed to find Bill Belichick's doghouse and, and Damian Harris. I mean, Damian Harris was going to be the starter there either way. Yeah. But, um, yeah, once they traded Sonny Michelle, Michelle out, once yeah. they traded him away, yeah, you know, it was his backfield. Yeah, absolutely. But now that he's out in this instance, I think that, you know, it's, it's sort of like the, the Williams and McKinnon thing. I think that, Stevenson's probably going to be more of the traditional Damian Harris role. I personally would rather have Brandon Bolden in this backfield. And that's basically just because, you know, because of injury, because of the James White injury, Bolden has sort of picked up the the pass catching work out of the backfield. And I think that, you know, moving forward, Stevenson may have a good week or two while Harris is out. And I think he will be probably a usable uh, running back will will probably have him, you know, somewhere in that flex territory moving forward. But for me, I, I like the fact that Bolden does get a couple of carries a game. He usually does pretty well with them. I think he had two carries for 25 yards in in this week's game uh, against Houston, and then he he gets most of the receiving work out of the backfield. Which I think even after Harris gets back, that role is still there for Bolden. And I like the fact that if I pick a guy up. He, he doesn't seem just like a, a rental player to me. No, uh, I agree. I, I mean, I I lean a little more Stevenson on this one too, where, you know, again, we're kind of just splitting hairs to a certain extent. But I mean, I drafted him in our league and then released him after the fumble because, yeah, you figured, okay, he's just dead man walking at that point. J.J. Taylor had an issue with the ball control, so he moves to the back of the line. It's almost like the waiver claim line. It's like, yeah, when you fumble, you're just back. (laughs) You're going all the way to the back of the line. You're back to 12. Getting ready to, yeah, yeah. Getting ready to hopefully, uh, you know, get lucky and and sit for a week or two. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was was a dominant college football runner. He looked great in the preseason with some glimpses and preseason's preseason. But I I feel like giving him that many carries to try to force him to just take the beating, get ready to get – used to NFL football. Um, I think Bolden is arguably the better, more seasoned better player, I think is a way to put it because of his, his years of experience with Belichick and the trust factor there. And he has that good hands ability, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more of a James White role, but uh, Stevenson as a whole, I think I would, I would kind of lean his way again. If he turns the ball over again, yeah, it's not happening. 
But um, it's just odd that, you know, this is the first year, I think, in a long time where you can actually start to debate the the relevance of New England Patriot running backs, because it used to be a, a really hard thing to figure out. But but this year, seeing how they leaned on Harris and he was doing so well, once he gets back to, to full speed, he'll be back involved. But, yeah, you could see Stevenson go and, and be a hot hand. You could see Bolden just be the guy because uh, he has the trust of that head coach. And, and that's the biggest thing you need in New England. Yeah, and none of these guys are, um, at least the guys in New England, are. I don't think are must-ads or, or must-starts by any means this week. They're just guys that you can that you can put on your bench to give you an option if, you know, we had some, some game-time decisions with guys like Joe Mixon this week. And the running back position is always shaky at best when it comes to whether guys are going to play or whether they're not. So, uh, adding running backs to your roster just gives you a little bit more flexibility. It gives you more options when the news comes down, you know, Saturday or, or Sunday morning before the games kick off, whether guys are going to be active or inactive. So just having those guys on your bench already is really a big help. So so we're telling you guys to add these players. We're not telling you that they're by any means, you know, like I said, must starts right away. But another guy that you might want to put on your bench, especially if you are a Saquon Barkley owner, is Devontae Booker. Anybody who who saw that Dallas and Giants game, you know that was man, that was like a uh, that was a massacre. Like there was just everybody from the Giants was just going down. It was literally like San Francisco's season last year in one game for for New yeah. York. It was really yeah, bad, but um, Booker did well when he came in. I mean, he he you know not a world beater by any means, but had a pretty solid fantasy game, scored a touchdown for the time when Barkley was out, which was most of the game. I think Barkley went out early in the first quarter. So, you know, again, Booker's not a guy who you need to pick up off waivers and start this week, um, again, especially against the Rams defense. But he's, again, he's a guy that you want to have on your bench just in case somebody else doesn't go or just in case an injury happens during the week at practice or, or anything. I mean, you know, you saw Calvin Ridley, not even injury related, decide not to make the trip to London with Atlanta this week. So guys don't play sometimes for, you know, random reasons, especially with this COVID environment, guys can get put on that COVID list like that. And then all of a sudden miss a game like Antonio Brown did a couple of weeks ago. So just having players who are eligible to play and, and can be ready to play and, and put some points up, up for you is uh, it's really a big deal, especially when these bye weeks start. Yeah, like seeing Devontae Booker, everybody knew Saquon coming into the season was being kind of worked back in, coming off a tough injury last year. And he wasn't probably 100%. And then to see him roll that ankle on, I believe, the leg where he had the ACL tear is one of those really scary, uh, worrisome concepts. And again, then you what you want to do is, you know, you want to dive in and look at their depth chart. You want to see who's the next man up because let alone with the running back by committee concepts or the 60-40, 70-30 splits, or sometimes it's, you know, 20-20-60. It just really all depends on the offense and hot hands and things like that. You do want to know who you're dealing with. You do want to be aware that if Booker goes down, who's stepping in for him? It's actually, I think, Gary Brightwell, rookie out of Arizona. He could become a thing in two or three weeks. We're not saying to go get him. We're not even saying to maybe get Booker if you don't need him. Uh, you may have more depth on your roster already. Now, myself, I had a couple tough injuries. I, I have Christian McCaffrey. I have Dalvin Cook. I really haven't been able to play him this season, but I get, went out and made it a point to get both their backups. But 
because of that, I'm I'm winning my weeks because those backups are filling right in and putting up the stats that the starter would. Yeah, absolutely. You have any other running backs that you were looking uh, at this week? Yeah, I I I know that the Chicago Bears situation, Damian Williams is currently spilling in for David Montgomery. Uh, I went out actually this week and I had uh, Samaji Pirine for um, Cincinnati. And then when I saw that Mixon was game time and probably leaning towards playing, I dropped him and I picked up Khalil Herbert from the Bears. He's a rookie out of Virginia Tech. I uh, just did a little background check on him and and looked like he you know had a pretty solid college career, decent preseason for the Bears. And, you know, at the end of the day, he turned out to put up reasonable numbers in a in a fill in concept. Again, he uh, did not do what Damian Williams did out of the backfield. He was going to be the guy Uh, definitely jumped in, picked up 75 yards. And, you know, I'll take that as a guy on my bench because Damian Williams was going into this week with a questionable quad type of thing. So I was like pleasantly impressed to see that he got a little bit involved uh, knowing that the Bears' offense is going to take their time with Justin Fields, I think, and start to see, you know, what he can do in every dimension as far as passing, uh, commanding the offense, taking off when he needs to. But I, I personally would pick him up. I know Damian Williams. A lot of people have already. Uh, some people haven't picked him up yet because they just they're maybe in a, a more shallow league. Don't have to worry about that. But to me, if you're in a deeper league, I, I like Khalil Herbert. If you got room on your bench, just hang on to him for a week or two. Yeah, like you said, he's he's definitely one of those guys where, you know, he now becomes Williams handcuffed. So if you have Williams, might might not be a bad idea to put Herbert on your bench as well. All right, I think that's it for running back. So we're going to move into wide receivers. For the wide receivers, again, there's a few guys here. There's always a ton of wide receivers on the waiver wire. We don't hit every single one that you know we may personally feel is worth picking up. Uh, what we try to do is sort of gauge the current situation of guys and sort of give you guys that you can pick up who, if that current situation stays the same, could be diamonds in the rough. If that situation changes, obviously, you know these aren't guys that you drafted highly or drafted at all. Obviously, if they're they're waiver wire pickups, but. Um, they're guys that are going to sit on your bench at the end of your bench, but could potentially provide some valuable darts for you in your fantasy league if you know some of your other starters are on by or if they get hurt or whatever. So again, we mentioned three names real quick that are still less than 50% rostered in uh, most leagues. Uh, Tim Patrick for the Denver Broncos had a really good game this week. Still only 20, 28% owned uh, average on on between Yahoo, ESPN, and NFL.com uh, leagues. AJ Green and Christian Kirk. Again, this was one of those weeks where, you know, it was sort of a DeAndre Hopkins and Rondell Moore week for the Cardinals. AJ yeah, Green Ron- and Christian. Yeah. Rondell Moore let him in rushing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's what that's what's going to happen. I mean, you know, AJ Green and Christian Kirk are going to have their weeks. They're going to be involved. They they both should still be rostered if they're available in your league. And you're sitting on a guy who, you know, say a guy like LaVisca Chenault, for example, who just for whatever reason is not being involved in that Jaguars offense, even though I, I believe he should be. Uh, man, I, I would much rather Urban Meyer. <laughs> yeah. I would much rather roster AJ Green and or Christian Kirk um, at this point. So Again, that's that that may just be my opinion, but you know, those guys are are both uh, available in about 58% of 
um, like I said, ESPN, Yahoo, and NFL.com league. So actually another guy that we had already mentioned before, but again, should still be picked up is Hunter Renfro from the Las Vegas Raiders. He's tied for the team lead in targets on Sunday with eight. And uh, I think he's second on the team only to Waller in targets on the year. And he scored double digits in every game this, this year in a uh, PPR scoring system. He's just one of those guys that, you know, again, he, he's not going to give you those 25, 30 point weeks, but he's also proven that he's not going to give you, you know, that AJ green one for one catch for five yards either. He's a guy who you can plug into a wide receiver two or a flex spot. If you have a lot of players on by and get some guaranteed production out of. So if Henry Hunter Renfro is still available in your league, definitely go out and, and grab him. He's, obviously a, a important piece of that Las Vegas Raiders offense. So we talked a, a little bit about the Giants offense. Another guy who you may have obviously seen sort of have a change in, in situation in New York has been Kadarius Tony. He's only rostered in 11% of leagues. And I think after this week, uh, I foresee Tony being probably the, the highest change in rostership percentage. He's looked really good now that he's finally gotten an opportunity. He was kind of buried on the depth chart at wide receiver for the Giants because they did have so much talent. But uh, with Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton going down and now Kenny Galladay being out um, for what looks like another week or two due to his knee injury, Kadarius Tony looks like he's still going to be needed on that offense. And I think that over the past two weeks, he's had nine and 13 targets. He's led the team both weeks in targets. From those 22 targets is 16 for 267 yards. He hasn't caught a touchdown yet, but with his athletic ability, I can see him finding the end zone at some point here in the near future. I don't think that he's going to maintain this role throughout the season, especially once Shepard and Slayton get back. But I think he's proved enough at this point that he's a capable enough player that he's still going to see snaps. I think he's He's earned a bigger role in this offense with what he's been able to do while those guys were out. Yeah. No, I first round pick for the Giants out of Florida. And I mean, a lot of people, some people, especially in New York, kind of laughed. They, they didn't think it was going to be anything decent. But I mean, looking at the numbers he put up yesterday, and uh, granted, I'm assuming that, and I didn't get a chance to really catch it, but uh, with Jones going out, I'm assuming Mike Lennon uh, was probably involved in getting him involved. And, you know, the, uh, it's definitely going to be a quarterback who is called a second stringer who's working with a depth chart wide receiver, a rookie. Um, they probably have built a little bit of a rapport. He's a guy he knows to look for, things like that. And yeah, seeing the Giants just dropping like flies, obviously he's going to become one of the few options that they have. And even some of the guys that are healthy aren't 100% struggling through different injuries throughout the season. But seeing a, somebody put up numbers like that, especially again as a rookie, uh, to come out and probably finishing as a top five wide receiver for the week. Um, you know, it is refreshing to see that. And I, I think he's definitely a guy you want to go out. If he's already available, definitely go out and pick him up because you're going to now look for depth. You're now going to look for players that you're going to miss during bye weeks and seeing the Giants offense in a bit of flux right now with possible injuries between the quarterback, the running back. Again, we said about Galladay going out. Uh, are you going to get Sterling Shepard back? Um, John Ross got involved, uh, you know, a week ago. I mean, so they're they're looking for different players right now and somebody to 
to help them move. And we did say that they had coming out of this week, they had the seventh passing offense as far as yards per game. So they are throwing the football. Kadarius Tony is a wide receiver who had 10 catches for 189 yards. Uh, that doesn't just happen, again, especially as a rookie. So I think Kadarius Tony is a solid pickup at wide receiver for the week. And, and keep him on your bench, you'll, you'll probably need him. Yeah, speaking of solid pickups and speaking of Hunter Renfro, who we, who we just talked about uh, a few minutes ago, another guy who's sort of uh, cut from that same cloth, I guess you could say, uh, is Jamison Crowder for the Jets. We did talk about him briefly last week in our waiver wire pickups portion. Didn't have a great game this week in London. The Jets as a whole really didn't have a, a great game. Uh, I mean, which is sort of par for the course with the Jets, but he was still second on the team in targets with six. He's going to be, you know, the top or, or, you know, second target, most targeted player on that team every week. That's just his role. You had mentioned last week that he sort of took that Braxton Berrios role. That was sort of Berrios keeping that, keeping that spot warm for Crowder until he got back because that's who Crowder has always been. And, and he's going to continue to need to be that guy in New York because the Jets defense isn't good. They're, you know, they're throwing the ball a ton. Zach Wilson doesn't look great right now, but the Jets, they're trying to win games, obviously. So they're going to, they're going to continue to need to throw the ball in order to do that. And Crowder is going to continue to get targets if that's the case. Yeah, he, he's been, again, like a prototypical PPR darling. Uh, I mean, for years he did it in Washington and that's, we talked about, that's the reason that the Jets went out and spent money. He's actually in the final year of his contract with them, and he's only 28. So he's definitely going to be hustling to, to either get re-signed, re-upped, or uh, you know find a, a deal with another team that's looking for a solid possession wide receiver, a guy who you can just fill him up underneath. Quarterbacks love a player like that because he's such a go-to presence on the field. Uh, you know, I need that. I need to move the chains. I need to make, uh, you know, the, the defense honest uh, and try to open up my running game and open up my deep passing game. Crowder's always been that guy. And I think that he definitely has to be a player that, again, if he's floating around out there, he's not going to be pretty. Uh, he's not going to make maybe the biggest plays in the world, but he's a guy who has the ability to make 10 catches for 70 yards and maybe a touchdown. That's a lot of points, uh, especially at your flex, maybe a wide receiver too. Depending on the matchup, he could put up points to be a wide receiver one, especially during a bye week when some of the stars are out. So, Anybody else you want to highlight uh, before we move on to tight end? Yeah, I mean, just a couple. Uh, I mean, again, talking about Kansas City just a few minutes ago with the running backs. I mean, a couple names that, Again, maybe already out there, uh, people may have cut bait and, and moved on. But uh, if Miko Harbin's out there and Byron Pringle, uh, another name, just uh, just maybe see where they're at. Uh, not maybe that you're picking them up right away, but they did say Tyree Kill had a little bit of a, a leg issue coming out of the game for Kansas City. Obviously, if he goes down or is held out or, or isn't a hundred percent, you know, he may just be a decoy out there, uh, Mahomes seeing a little bit of flux in the backfield if Edwards Hilaire is out there. He's always going to look for guys. I think he tried to make a big play last night to Harbin. He couldn't stay in bounds. So, again, you're going to see a few things like that happen. Obviously, most people already have a big piece of those offenses uh, already or even a little piece in the hopes that their guy steps up. Uh, but, again, you know, those are a couple names. Just, you know, keep your eyes out on some of these depth issues. Like you're starting to see we're already five to six weeks going into – 
the NFL season. And, you know, some people are really getting banged up. Some teams are hurting. And that fifth or sixth man has become the first or second man up. What do you uh, what do you think about we talked a little bit last week about Josh Gordon. How do you feel? What do you think his role, you know, may turn into? It's a shame, but I mean, it's hard to tell what he maybe really has left. Obviously, he's, he's not going to be on the field. He's not going to make an NFL roster if he physically can't be out there and, and things of that nature. He's always had the ability. We know we've talked about it. It's the reason he's still around. It's still in the league and the league has, has tried to give him a lot of chances and he's tried his hardest to get himself squared away. And, and maybe this is finally the time for him to do it. Not doubting anything about him as much on the field, but I, I don't know how quickly maybe he'll get fully acclimated with what goes on. I mean, yeah, he, he had a catch. He got on the field. Is he going to stay healthy? It's just to me, it's just a lot of question marks. I, I get that they're they picked him up. Uh, he could be somebody that gets cut in two weeks. Uh, he could be somebody who turns out to be a player for him. But to me, Josh Gordon just has that red flag around him. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he proves me wrong and, and burns through some of these other guys. But I don't see him taking over the offense, just being that guy who, you know, is on the field maybe even a, a little bit more as a a distraction or, or something out there to, you know, make a defense have to look at them. But uh, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it turns out to be the Josh Gordon we remember from Cleveland and, and goes out and looks like the next Randy Moss. Uh, that would be awesome. I really, I would love to see that for him, but I'm not, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sold. And, and I know a lot of people probably did run out and pick him up as soon as they saw him. You can still get the people to draft them every year, just in the hopes <laughs> of, you know, and maybe just maybe this will be the year he comes back and, and you want to uh, outsmart everybody in your league. All right. So for me, I only have one tight end that I'm really looking at um, waiver pickup wise. And and basically it's just because, again, I I tend to stay away from guys who are rostered in a majority of the league. So I, I kind of look at, you know, the three major sites and sort of try to figure out who, who's rostered in under 50 percent of those leagues. And for me, the only tight end that, that stood out to me this week was um, Hunter Henry from the New England Patriots. He's only about 33% owned in the, in the big three platforms. He led New England in targets in week five, and he, he just seems to, you know, there was there's this talk preseason, you know, which tight end is sort of going to be the bigger pass catching option. And it seems like right now that is Hunter Henry. He's he's had more targets, more catches, more yards, more touchdowns, everything than John U. Smith so far this year. He's actually after the decent performance that he had this week against Houston has moved up to the tight end eight on the year in PPR scoring. And, um, you know, obviously Mark Andrews um, still going tonight. Yeah. Hunter Henry seems to be, and and that was a really good call on your part last week with the, uh, the start, because I had George Kittle in one of my leagues found out Sunday morning that he was not going to play. And Hunter Henry happened to be sitting there on my waiver wire. I picked him up, plugged him in and, uh, I think it was the highest scoring team in the league this week. So, you know, I, I want to thank you for, for your help there. Well, see, and for, for those there listening, this isn't just about us helping you, the listener. We are helping each other, obviously, with making these calls about, you know, uh, who we think are our starts and sits. Uh, we actually do pay attention to what we're talking about between ourselves. Uh, we're not just doing this to blow smoke or, or anything. Pat and I have you know, been friends for a long time and, and we know fantasy football a little bit and, you know, looking at a favorable matchup here or there again, get our starts and sits wrong, you know, more than maybe half the time. Uh, but at the end of the day, you are welcome. Um, so at the end of the year, if you do win your league, 
I guess one week's probably worth what, like 10% maybe of, of, of the pot. It's like just seven, six percent, something like that. We'll figure uh, yeah. it out. It's like age. We can do the math. Yeah. We'll do the yeah, math. It's an agent. Yeah. Finder's fee. I, I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, that's that's good. I mean, I, I looking at him. Obviously, everybody knows what he did out with the Chargers, and and to go into a Bill Belichick offense, him and John o. Smith were big free agent signings, and they both put up decent numbers. But you're starting to see him maybe uh, build that rapport with Mac Jones a little bit stronger, find the end zone. I mean, that's the thing for for tight ends. You're either going to be one of the big dogs, or you're going to be one of those guys that gets you know a couple catches and maybe a little red zone action but yeah if you're talking somebody who can put up double digits every week out of the tight end position he looks like he has the ability to do it and don't wait around because again those bye weeks are coming if you're a one tight end kind of guy or gal uh you definitely are going to need a little bit of depth unless you want to drop your starter or you stream hunter henry definitely needs to be on the radar and and i would definitely try to find room on my bench you got to figure out how to get Fantasy points for blocking these tight ends would be way more valuable. I, yes, I would think pancakes count, right? <laughs> you know, definitely little, you know, chip blocks and then, you know, holding up the blitz. Um, in addition to tight end, I did have one quick one was Zach Ertz. You know, I think a lot of people think, especially people that don't pay attention to Philly and the Eagles, just maybe kind of feel like he's, you know, the afterthought and it's, it's Dallas Goddard's offense. If you combined both tight ends statistically, uh, they would right now be at 84.6 in our league, and that would make them a solid tight end number two. The problem right now is that they're kind of just eating each other alive when it comes to targets and touches. So you have Goddard and you have Ertz, and the two of them combined are are basically neck and neck when it comes to this. Uh, or Goddard has a few more points. Right now he's 48.6, um, but he's basically only about a game better than Ertz. And they both had two nice games and then two kind of stinkers, so to speak. Uh, but overall, just looking at the the level of involvement in this offense, because the Eagles aren't running the football, uh, and, and to look around and see that Goddard's done more with his ability, but you actually have Zach Ertz getting 25 targets compared to 19 for Goddard. Again, Goddard's catching the ball at a little bit of a better rate. And then once you get into red zone areas, uh, it's six to five Goddard when it comes to red zone targets. So again, both are being used. I know a lot of Goddard owners are frustrated thinking when's his breakout game going to be. The Eagles really haven't used that tight end a lot where we saw that under Doug Peterson a lot. Nick Sirianni, again, has just been throwing a lot of dink and duck screen passes. And, and we watched the offense struggle again this week against Carolina. But uh, Zach Ertz definitely needs to be on your roster, if you're a Goddard owner. Yeah, I think Ertz, um, you know, not that I would ever root for an injury, but I think that if you if you are the Goddard owner, I think having Zach Ertz on your bench is a really good idea. That way, if by chance one of those guys go down, I, I do believe that you have a top six, probably tight end. Not that I, again, not that I would want, especially as an Eagles fan, I, I would, I want both all of our, <laughs> you know, yeah. more skilled pass catchers out there but for fantasy purposes guys get hurt that that is what it is i do think that's a good call on your part thank you thank you you can use them like hunter henry this week don't worry i appreciate it <laughs> i might i might have to <laughs> yeah, you might have to because <laughs> kittle's on ir so we'll see all right so let's get it let's get into start sets we uh we spent a lot of time on the waivers so we're going to try to move through our start sets a little bit quickly let's go ahead and just let's knock it out go ahead and uh Go ahead, give me your, your quarterback start for, little, for week six. A little rapid fire, but going to stay home. Uh, going to be a homer this week. 
Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers come to Philadelphia, and we know that their defense is a little bit suspect. Uh, I'm going to start Jalen Hurts against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He, he really just is the offense for this team. So I like Jalen Hurts a lot this week. I think he's going to finish probably as a top five QB in fantasy football for week six against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's finding a way either through the air or on the ground. So he's definitely a must start. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper here and I'm going to go with Taylor Heineke from the Washington football team. As we saw in that Sunday night game against Buffalo, Kansas City's defense just is not able to stop anybody. Uh, I don't think that they're going to figure that out in a week. Um, going up against Washington. They are dead last at giving up points to quarterbacks for fantasy purposes. And that game has a 55 and a half point over under, which I believe is the highest uh, opening line of the week, which means tons of points. Uh, usually a lot of points means a lot of passing uh, opportunities for each quarterback. All right. So who about, who are we sitting? Uh, well, again, I, I joked at the beginning, Ryan Tannehill, you're going on the bench this week, buddy. So Jacksonville, obviously, that that was a defense that could have been exploited, was not. He's going up against those Buffalo Bills. Well, chances are a lot of things are going to play against Tannehill. Derrick Henry being Derrick Henry, trying to control the football, keep it away from Josh Allen, keep it away from that potent offense is something that very well could happen. So you might see a little bit more of a grind on that end. Tannehill maybe not being as involved, period, just because of that. And by the way, Buffalo has the number one defense against the quarterback. I feel like Brian Tannehill, if you even thought about, oh, no, maybe they have a shot or it's going to be a shootout. Uh, I don't see him having a great week at all. Um, again, I think it's going to be Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. But irregardless, I, I don't see Tannehill having a decent week at all. Uh, stay away from him. And, and he keeps us up. He might even be uh, droppable in your league if you even have him. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to sit Derek Carr this week versus Denver. Vegas has this over under at 44 and a half, which is uh, one of the lowest games of the week as far as the over under. So, you know, it's just one of those things where I think it's going to be an ugly game. Both of these offenses have struggled. Both of the, both of the defenses have been decent. Denver has been really good. They're actually yeah. second in uh, second best at giving up points to quarterbacks in fantasy. So, Derek Carr throws for plenty of yards, but only has eight passing touchdowns on the season, which is like 15th amongst all quarterbacks. And you would think with that many pass attempts and that many yards that, you know, he would have found the end zone a little bit more than he has. And it's just not happening for him. And I don't see it happening uh, for him again this week against Denver. Okay. Moving on to running backs. Who are you starting? Who's your start uh, of the week? I, I'm kind of feeling a little bit a little bit of a deeper dive. This is maybe an RB2 or or definitely a flex. And obviously, we still have a game to play tonight involving this player. But uh, Latavius Murray, I know that the Baltimore Ravens running backs is starting to look almost like the Houston Texans, where you don't know who's playing. You don't know who's active. They deactivated Tyson Williams the other week. Healthy scratch. You put Le'Veon Bell in for a minute. You put him back on the practice squad. The, uh, Demonte Freeman is just happens to be on the team, but you don't really know he's there. And obviously their RB1 is Lamar Jackson, the quarterback. To see what goes on with Latavius Murray, it just seems like he's getting you like decent yardage and he's getting you a touchdown just about every week. Uh, and again, we'll see if that plays out tonight. But I definitely think that he's a, a startable player this week uh, going into a nice matchup against the uh, Chargers. Chargers have the second best defense against wide receivers, but they have 26 against the running back. 
Uh, I kind of like that matchup playing in my favor. Uh, I think that they definitely will be able to move the ball a little bit. Obviously, the quarterback, they're going to run. They're going to do everything they need to do. But to see Latavius Murray probably pick up another another touchdown against the Chargers and, and the goal line work that he's getting and, and the, the red zone action, uh, he's just pretty much <laughs> pretty much a – a solid go-to guy. So he's, he's not going to get you 25 points and win your week, but he's definitely as a flex if he's going to get you, you know, he's averaging close to 10 points a game. If he's going to get you that number, that's decent. I'll take that. And I'll take Latavius Murray against the Chargers going into week six. All right. I'm going to go with the guy that we talked about in our waiver wire pickup, Daryl Williams for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, again, sticking with that Casey-Washington game. These high over-under games generally afford – more fantasy points uh, to different players. I think if my assumption is correct about the way they're going to use Williams, which is in that Clyde Edwards Alaire role, Williams has actually done better with the limited opportunities that he's had over the first five weeks of the season than Edwards Alaire has. I think now that he gets to step into that role in a more full-time position, I just feel like he's going to have a really good week and I would definitely start him with a with a good chance that I think scoring a touchdown this week, honestly. Yeah, uh, you can't not with that offense. <laughs> I don't disagree. All right, so what about your sit? Who are you sitting at running back? He missed a week. I don't know if he's going to be back this week, but it sounds like they probably would try to bring him back. And again, with the way that things are going right now in Seattle, if he's playing, he ain't playing for me. Chris Carson Going against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are a very, very tough defense. And Pat, you commented on it. The, the Steelers may not be offensively uh, as in sync, although they, they looked kind of decent this week in a, in a win uh, against Denver. Uh, yeah, I would, I would definitely sit Chris Carson. The problem being, too, that if he's back and even if he's healthy enough to be serviceable, while well, he started the year pretty solid, uh, Collins is going to eat into that. Geno Smith, we talked about him. Uh, I, I just don't like anybody even right now, even their star players in Seattle with Metcalf and, and Lockett. I think it's going to take a minute to see uh, how Smith settles in, who he looks for. Um, you could see Gerald Everett, the tight end, suddenly become a thing. You, you have no idea really what's going to happen there. But Chris Carson, for me, sit him against Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I could see him probably finishing maybe RB30, uh, and that's even if he plays. Yeah, too many unknowns against a really good defense there, I agree. I'm going to sit, this may kind of be a gimme, but there are still people out there. I'm in, you know, a number of leagues and I still see people starting Devin Singletary. I'm not really sure why, but uh, I definitely would not start him this week against Tennessee. First of all, he's sharing a backfield with Zach Moss in which he's sort of getting the lesser role in that backfield. And Tennessee is actually not terrible against running backs. They're 13th best against the running backs, but they're dead last against wide receivers and I can't see the Buffalo Bills not just airing it out and putting up another, you know, 40 burger on Tennessee uh, the way they almost basically did to Kansas City last night. It, the Bills are super hot. You could potentially start any of the pass catchers on that team, but um, I don't really like either running back. And, and of the two, I like Devin Singletary the least. So even though the Bills are scoring and, and you know, putting up a ton of fantasy points, I, I think Devin Singletary should stay on your bench. Usually we go to your start first, but I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here and just because of everything that I just said, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know that Emmanuel Sanders is my start of the week for <laughs> wide receiver for all That's the reasons. Ironic, I, you just yeah. went there. Nice segue, Buffalo to Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, for the exact reasons that I just said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna belabor the point where 
we're already going a little long here. So yeah, I think I, you I've can start had that problem. <laughs> so I think I think you can start Sanders pretty confidently almost every week, but especially this week against Tennessee. Who are you? Uh, who are you looking at for start? Uh, again, I uh, hate to be a homer, but I had him in our league, and I have him in two of my leagues. Uh, Devontae Smith uh, going up against that Tampa Bay, that vaunted Tampa Bay defense. Uh, you know, which again they they won him a Super Bowl with with the, <laughs> you know that was, that was an odd game, bad, banged up offensive line for Kansas City and whatnot, and the quarterback was hurting, but it was what it was. They're number thirty one in our in NFL.com league against the wide receiver. We've seen Devonta Smith build up his stats. He had another nice game over the weekend. They can just knock the penalties out and and stay in bounds. He, he'd be a, a lot stronger uh, as far as what he's doing per game. But uh, I, do, I I totally like the matchup. Again, I like the quarterback against this defense, and I like his wide receiver one. You're really starting to see those two click. I love him. Start him this week against Tampa Bay. You can't go wrong. All right, I'm going to sit Tyler Boyd this week against Detroit. Boyd had a really good couple of weeks while T Higgins was out, but T Higgins came back this week and, you know, Boyd sort of reverted back to that third option on the team, third in targets. And I like Tyler Boyd. I think he's a really good player. I just think that, you know, unfortunately for him, Jamar Chase and T Higgins are just better athletes. It is what it is. I mean, it's good for Cincinnati to have a guy like Boyd as their slot guy, but going up against Detroit, Detroit's good versus opposing wide receivers. They're very bad against running backs. And so I think this has a an opportunity if Joe Mixon is healthy to be another one of those games where, uh, you know, especially if Cincinnati can put some points on the board early and, and sort of lean on Mixon to kind of slow the game down. Um, I think Mixon could have a really good game. I actually had considered him as my start of the week, but uh, I felt like that was a little too obvious. So uh, I just decided in in this instance to go ahead and have uh, Tyler Boyd as my as my sit. So I guess now we're moving on to tight end. Well, who's you? Um, who's your wide receiver sit? Oh yeah, good call. I am sitting Adam Thielen versus the Carolina Panthers. He's been struggling a little bit lately. I don't know if it's just the offense as a whole. You know what's going on there. Justin Jefferson obviously is the wide receiver one, but for the first couple of weeks, uh, Adam Thielen was was heavily involved. He was one of the top wide receivers in fantasy, along with Jefferson, and he's still hanging around up there. He's like middle of the pack, like 16, 18 uh, in our league. But last couple of weeks, he's just hasn't really done it. He went from putting up 30 points in week one, and he just put up six against Detroit. You've seen their number, even as a team, they struggled. It's Cleveland, you thought, okay, great defense. Detroit, not really a great defense, but yet, you know, they still kind of struggled. So it's it's hard to tell what's going on there. Maybe an injury, maybe something just not on paper. But uh, again, to go against the Carolina Panthers, who uh, they did lose, but they have a very good defense as a whole. Uh, they are number five against the wide receiver. I, I could definitely see uh, Adam Thielen just having another quiet game uh, and, and maybe that offense as a whole. All right, now we can move into tight end. Who are you yeah, going with for your tight yeah, end start? Yeah, I was moving way too fast. There you go. You want to get right to the tight end. I know how you are. I, uh, oh man, speaking of going long. Um, all right. So I am going to start uh, Noah Fant, which obviously may be a no brainer to some, but uh, for others, he is a streaming option. Uh, he is really starting to gain a lot of traction. Obviously, he has a very nice matchup coming off of Pittsburgh. Noah Fant going against the Las Vegas Raiders. Again, they are. Kind of run of the mill. Uh, they're like twenty number twenty two against the tight end. I, I could definitely see him being that guy. He's number six tight end the last four weeks. 
there's going to be games where he needs to be more involved in pass protection and run blocking. But as a whole, I, he is a guy also down the road you might want to pick up, uh, you know, again, maybe in a, in a trade. But I, I like Noah Fant this week. Solid start uh, against Las Vegas. And, and again, a guy who definitely should be uh, a starter for, for weeks to come. He may already be that guy for you. And I'm going to go with Jared Cook this week against Baltimore. I think that the Chargers offense has just been clicking. They've looked really good the last few weeks. Cook has been involved. Uh, they've even gotten their other tight end, Donald Parham Jr. involved. He's, he's had a couple of touchdown catches the last few games. So um, Baltimore has really struggled against tight ends this year. They're, they're really good uh, against wide receivers, but are very susceptible to tight ends now. That may be because they've gone against three of the top five fantasy tight ends in the league as far as uh, they went. I think they had Kelsey uh, Waller and TJ Hawkinson. But again, those guys, while they are talented and and some you know top fantasy tight ends, you know, you would think that there would be some idea to maybe try to stop those guys, and it just hasn't happened. So um, I really like with all of the other weapons in LA. I, I feel like Jared Cook may just be one of those guys who Baltimore doesn't really key on. They don't really pay super close attention to, you know, with the, the season that Mike Williams is having, Austin Eckler, you know, obviously Keenan Allen is always a, a stud for them. So I think Jared Cook could get loose and, and have a really big game. So I'm going to start Jared Cook versus the Baltimore Ravens. All right. Good luck with that. Uh, I guess then we're going to go to sits. A guy who has been flying up up the charts as far as uh, tight end this year, and again, it's maybe just based on the offense he's in, Dalton Schultz. Uh, I will not be starting him this week. Uh, he's going up against the New England Patriots. Uh, this, to me, this for this Dallas offense as a whole, is, is going to be a pretty good test to see what they have. Uh, they played against a lot of teams that don't have terrific defenses. Going back and, and looking through, I mean, Tampa Bay, we talked at their suspect. The Chargers do have a little bit of action in the past game, and that was a game that he did struggle in. Uh, and then they had a Philly, they had Carolina, and that they just dismantled Carolina, which I was kind of surprised. Uh, but you're going to you're going up against the King this week. You got Bill Belichick right now. New England is number five against the tight end, and I mean, I to me, I, I just can't see him just sustaining this. I guess to say, you know, that they have too many moving parts. He he seems like he's just been there. Uh, and, and getting a lot of the action based on what happens. The offense moves down the field. Uh, he makes a play. He's got three touchdowns, so you can see he's done a lot of his scoring. He is to, he is number four right now uh, when it comes to that. But uh, I'm going to sit Dalton Schultz this week. I don't see him putting it up against New England. I think he's going to be a little more involved in maybe some pass protection. He may make some plays, but I don't see him putting up the double digits he has. This is a struggle week. I would sit Dalton Schultz. And I'm going to go with Robert Tanyan this week. I, not, not that he's really been a guy that you've, you know, maybe been starting every week, um, but he was a guy who was drafted as in most leagues was drafted as a top 10 tight end. The Bears defense has been, you know, really stingy. They've only given up 8.2 fantasy points per game to tight ends. And that's in a, you know, a full PPR scoring system. And Tanyan only has 17 targets and 23.2 fantasy points total on the entire season. He hasn't been a big part of the offense so far and really is kind of useless unless he scores a touchdown, which he's done only one time this year. So, you know, with Rand the addition of Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams just literally being targeted like 
uh, you know, of the past attempts in that offense, I just, I, I'm not, wouldn't feel comfortable starting Tanya and especially against a, a really tough Chicago bears defense this week. All right. So moving to defenses, who are you starting for your defense? Oh yeah. Uh, we talked about some injury issues with the New York giants, uh, Saquon, Daniel Jones, pick a wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start, I'm going to start the Rams. Uh, I know that for most people that may be already a lock, but uh, I think they have the potential to be, number one this week when it comes to defenses uh, overall. I, I mean, you see that they they make plays, they get turnovers. You got Aaron Donald in there, going to get some sacks. Uh, again, just think about it. If the Rams defense with Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, solid linebacking core, and they get they, they get Mike Glennon on the other side of that ball, uh, Devontae Booker trying to run between the tackles. Yeah, I, I, it's not looking good for the Giants this week. Uh, now, granted, if they get all their starters back or, or it suddenly turns into a, a rather healthy team, make it a little more competitive. But the Rams have, I think, uh, honestly, I think the Rams have 20-point potential against the Giants this week as far as keeping the score low, getting turnovers, getting sacks, like just doing it as a whole. Uh, I love the Rams, and I think they could be defense number one, uh, one of those ones that wins your week. Yeah, absolutely. They were the first team that I looked at and uh, decided to go uh, away from them and go with the Dallas Cowboys uh, against the New England Patriots. Dallas is actually the, excuse me, New England is actually the fourth worst team against opposing defenses, meaning they, they give up the most fourth, most fantasy points to the other, the other defense. They're tied for third most turnovers with nine on the season. And Dallas is, the second highest defense at turning other teams over with 12. So uh, when I, when I look to pick a defense to, I guess, to stream or to, to start for the week, I, I want a defense that is creating turnovers. And I look for a defense that's going against the team who is already turning the ball over and uh, struggling in that department and Dallas and new England game just happens to fit um, that perfectly. Trayvon Diggs obviously has been uh, outstanding. Probably the, the, not probably he's been the defensive player of the month for the the first week. I mean, the first month of the season, he's got five interceptions already and he's, he's going up against another rookie quarterback. And I think that since the Cowboys brought Dan Quinn in to be their defensive coordinator, they've turned things around. They're still giving up a lot of yards and a lot of points, but he's got those guys playing uh, a, a little bit more uh, savvy and looking to get in there and create turnovers. And I think, I could definitely see Dallas having a few more turnovers this week against New England. All right, so I'm going to start the uh, the defensive sets. I'm going to take Baltimore against the LA Chargers. Uh, I talked a little bit earlier when I had Jared Cook as my start of the week about the Chargers offense. They are the fourth worst, I guess, against defenses. The Chargers are tied for 10th with only five turnovers on the season. And they're a top five scoring offense, which means not really a whole lot of opportunities for Baltimore to to score points, take the ball away, and a lot of opportunity for the Chargers to put points on the board. It doesn't seem like anybody has been able to stop them so far. And Baltimore has actually been a bottom 10 defense this year so far in four games as far as fantasy points scored. Uh, they're the defensively, they're decent as far as you know, not giving up points, but I don't think they're going to be able to stop the Chargers, and they're only averaging uh, roughly three fantasy points per game as a defense. And I'm just, that's not something that I want any part of, even though they have, uh, you know, the, the name recognition of, of what once was a great defense. It, 
it does not seem to be uh, the case this year with Baltimore. So I would sit them this week against the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, I know everybody still sees that uh, purple and black, and and they kind of just automatically think that yeah, they're going to be the the defenses of old, the the Ed Reeds, the the Ray Lewises, and so on. And and yeah, when, you know, you lose your one of your starting cornerbacks right at the beginning of the year and everything. I know that that's played into it definitely on their level. I, I agree with you. Uh, I think that they are going to they're going to struggle uh, definitely. On the other side, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know they, they've had a couple decent games. They had a, a stinker against uh, LA. Uh, you're going to get, you're going up against Philadelphia on the road uh, against an offense that does really seem to put up points, and you, you just see them being a little bit suspect as a whole. Um, they are currently a you know in our league they're a, they're a top ten defense, um, but again I don't like the matchup. Yeah, you just beat up on on the Miami Dolphins a little bit. That's great, you know, but I think Philly's got a little bit more uh, going on. Uh, they've only had one game where they had double digits, but I could see Jalen Hurts definitely putting up some points. And as long as the Eagles hold on to the football, um, yeah, they're going to get some sacks possibly. Uh, you know, they pass too much that the Eagles do, but uh, I don't see them hitting double digits. I would sit Tampa Bay this week against the Eagles. I, I just don't like the matchup. All right, so hopefully these start sets help you guys out. Like we said, you know, we're about 50-50 on these so far in the year, which, you know, isn't bad. It's, it's definitely, uh, if you take a look at, uh, you know, some of the the bigger network gurus out there, they hit these start sets roughly about that same pace. So, um, and again, like we said, we're trying to give you teams that you may actually be thinking about starting and sitting, uh, guys that you may be, you know, having questions about. We're not just taking you know, the obvious layup and, and telling you to start the most obvious guys. Oh, if Christian McCaffrey's back. Yeah. He's a start this week. Yeah. That's obvious, but hopefully we're giving you some information that's going to help you make some decisions and at least give you something to think about to, to make your own decisions. We don't want to make them for you. We just want to give you some information, some stuff, some stats and some things that we look up to kind of help you, um, you know, maybe think about uh, these players or these, you know, defenses or whatever in, uh, a light that maybe you haven't thought about prior and, um, you know, hope, hopefully give you some, some insight to help you win your week. So that's what we're, we're here to do. And and hopefully that that's what we do for you. Yeah. Uh, again, we're, we're looking to give you an edge. Obviously we look for, for advantages and disadvantages based on matchups. We look at uh, player performance. You want to see the momentum, how they've been doing, uh, you know, when it comes to picking them up, when to maybe burn that fab budget or, or, make the waiver claim and pick that player up or wait it out because there's multiple options. Uh, again, we want to, we want to help you win your week. And we think that with our help, uh, you can probably do it hopefully with ease. Uh, so you're not nail biting stack corrections come Monday and Tuesday to, <laughs> you know, maybe hope that you, you know, got some fractional points to get you over the hump or anything like that. But uh, again, yeah, we, we're, we're trying to get you that information. Uh, we hope you're enjoying everything. We're having a blast doing it. And uh, we're actually, Moving on slowly but surely, we'll we'll get involved in, in more information for you throughout the season. Pat, where do, where can they find us? So you can follow us on Twitter at the Nine Route One. Scott's personal account is Scott from Delco. Uh, you can also email us if you have any questions at the Nine Route FFB at gmail.com. Uh, you know, like we said, we we put a lot of effort into researching this stuff and figuring out which way we believe these these games and are going to go and and where the stats are going to go, where the points are going to go. And and uh, you know, hopefully, like I said, we we give you guys some information to to help you win your week. So 
you know, we know some more people are starting to listen, but yeah, we definitely uh, are, are having a blast doing this and, and we hope to be doing it for, you know, a few more years. Definitely. Absolutely. With that, we're going to sign off for the day and uh, we'll talk to you guys again next week. Peace.